You are listening to the Boker Broadcast, a War Machine podcast centered around the New Jersey meta and the NJSOB Game Club. Sit back and take a listen as we talk about the game, judging, fluff, whatever else catches our attention. Special thanks to the More Than Dice Podcast Network for hosting the podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Boker Broadcast. As always, I am Seth Cohen, and with me tonight... Stephen Rabideau. And... RDC. All right, so we've got lots of things to talk about tonight. We had an amazing event uh, here in New Jersey at Mythicos Games that we want to talk about in detail. Mythicos Mark Studios. Fo- Mythicos Studios, I apologize. A Mark IV event. But before we do that, we certainly want to say that tickets are on sale for the Boker Brawl. And we are three weeks away from list lock for teams. We have an odd number of teams right now. So we're hoping one more team kind of crawls out of the woodwork to, to sign up. Or if a couple of more Merc players, we've placed almost all of our mercenary players at this point. So if you want to come but you don't have a team, drop us an email. We'll throw you on the Merc list. Once we have five, five Mercs, actually you need less than that, but that's not the point. We can put together another team. Mythicos Studios in Mawa, New Jersey. That's correct. We were all supposed to be there. I had to drop out last minute because I have this thing called a family, and sometimes they do that to you. So I'm going to turn it over to the two of you to talk about the event. So what was the event? Let's let everyone know what what was happening there. Yeah, so it was essentially a like Mark IV Battle Box preview event. They sent, uh, so as far as I understand it, uh, at... Basically, Mythicos Studios was at Gen Con, and they talked to Privateer Press, and they cut a deal at that point to like have this event. So like it's been in the works since then, since Gen Con. There was a um, relationship there beforehand, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they you know they got together and yeah, they, they Doug made Hamilton this did some sculpting for Mythicos, which is a store and a club, and the club created their own miniature game, and Doug Hamilton did the sculpting for them. Oh, Correct, that's okay. exactly right. I did not know that. All yeah, right, that cool. that is just, that is why that relationship exists. So they leveraged that relationship to create this Mark IV Battle Box event. Yeah. So uh, basically, there were forty slots, so forty tickets, and they sold out like within like six hours like it was pretty cool maybe maybe Um, six yeah it was it was close uh and then uh everybody participating got a gen con battle box so which means like you know two jacks and warcaster c or something from the from the release schedule basically well whatever yeah i mean whatever battle box warcaster it is yeah because the it was not the it was not the uh the starter set caster it was not the expansion caster it was the one that you could potentially buy solo like in six months or whatever but yeah so so we all basically got together it was a i would describe it as like a a casual play day or you know an organized play day because it was not really a tournament because we did random pairings it wasn't a tournament yeah yeah it was Um, there was a pairings because you know you had pairings i mean it it had that level of organization but beyond that like every round you just like reconfigured your war jacks you you reconfigured your your um command cards if you wanted uh and then of course during each round you got to pick your spells from the spell rack you know what i want to go off on a tangent Let's do it. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a, a, I've I did got it in record time, baby. Yeah. I did do it in record time today. A tangent, really? Off on a tangent from Artie. What do you think of that? You think that's possible for actual tournaments going forward that people will be like, you could switch the loadout of your jacks or change the spells in your spell rack in between rounds? 
or so, do you think it's going to be like a list lock situation? I think that's a great question because the, so the trick is it's got to work out points wise. Oh, that's, that's true because part. some of the stuff costs points. Well, well so all the arms and everything but cost the, points. Spells yes. don't, and spells will always be changed. That is and, part of the part of the system. Right, and oh, and every sh- game you get to pick your spells and the stratagem. Uh, the sorry, commands. commands. Yeah, so some of them also cost points. Yes. So that's that's like a list building thing. But so maybe with points you can't switch. Well, maybe you can anyway. I don't know. Yeah, so that's kind of the thing, right? Like, I think in a tournament, specifically a tournament situation, it would be tough to do. Um, just because of, like, the points issue. And, yeah. and, like, you have to essentially rebuild your list. Like, if you have to drop models from it to make room for this, for that, like, that's kind of annoying. I mean, obviously, any store or any TO is allowed to do whatever whatever they want. Of course. The, the question is, when you get to a, we'll say, a bigger tournament, are they going to lock people into their arm head choices? Well, I, would, I would say, as, as someone who TOs a hell heck of a lot, I would not like to see every turn someone being able to reinvent their list other than those command cards right and this and the spell rack i wouldn't want to see jacks change every round because of the issue that you're just talking about well command cards have the same issue although they have points. It's, it's fewer uh, some points of them have points uh, some of them have points some of them right some of them do some of them don't uh some have like one some have two points was right. there um i know you took the signal battle box right yep and so did i and i don't remember was like one head or arm more expensive Oh yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Arm was definitely more expensive, but oh, yeah. the heads were all the same, weren't they? Uh, no, actually. So the so on the Signar box, uh, one head is one point, and the other are all three points. Oh, yeah. All right. So from a practical difference. question, how long did you have, or how long did it take everyone to glue these models together? Oh no, they were already done for us. <sighs> yeah, they're already this, done for you. So this is big kudos to the Mythicos Studio staff, yep. who spent days and their gaming club. Because they all mm-hmm. volunteered yep, to Steve King put all of often, these models together. Often on the podcast. Yes. So Steve and honestly even people who um, we don't know. Yeah. Like on yeah. a first name basis like that. So kudos to them. And they just mm-hmm. didn't put on all the different arm options, right? They left that off or was that... No, no. no so they they put magnetized. all the magnets on. They went full boat. They did all the magnets. They did everything. everything. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. I it, mean, t- it takes like... So not not to discredit... The, not to like knock down what they did, but like having assembled the battle box, like it takes no time at all. Like it's... It takes like 10 minutes. It's wow. great. Um, but wow. yeah, like they did... I mean, that's still a lot of time spent putting 40 battle boxes together. So kudos to them. But it also is like... It's not like... It's not like in previous editions, you know? You, I gotcha. You put those... It's quick. Yeah. Putting those vortex yeah. together is quick. All right. It takes way longer yeah. to paint them, though. I mean, that was still, <laughs> that was still like awesome. Ten arms. I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah, not to diminish that whatsoever. Like, it was great that they, they put it all together. You I got literally there, got, got that thinking, like, for the first hour and a half, it's going to be a build party. Like, that's really what I thought. I was like, yeah, for the first hour and a half, everybody will be sitting down. There'll be 30, you know, 40 tubes of glue. Magnets everywhere. Magnets everywhere. Yeah, and, um, no. No, they did it. It was it was great. All right, that sounds cool. Um, and to, to, so, but to continue a little bit. So, yes, so while we were there, we swapped arms and everything every round. And I, I will say, like, if you're planning on running a Mark IV preview event or, like, a Mark IV launch event, like when Mark IV actually launches in January or whatever and everybody can have their models. Uh, if you're running a battle box type thing, absolutely allow players to change up their um, their like loadout. Absolutely allow your players to change loadouts. I would never have... I played five rounds that day. Last was against Doug Hamilton, so that was pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, I would never play five rounds of a battle box game. Was he like a real shark? He, he knew how to play. 
that was good. And we, we played, and he crushed like all my warjacks. But then I did assassinate him. So he is a real. He shot. let oh. you assassinate him. <laughs> maybe he maybe. was given instructions. Don't let don't let anyone lose. Yeah, maybe maybe. No, it was a, it was a good time, but. Like, I would never play, like, a Signar Battle Box with an Ironclad and a Charger and a Lancer five rounds in a row. Like, you, you, it gets so boring after the first, like, three rounds. You're yeah, like, okay, like, I get it. I'm, I'm going to try yeah. and Earthquake you, and I'm going to snipe my Charger, and I'm going to Arcane Shield my Heavy. It's yeah, like, well, okay. the game's not designed for everyone to play Battle Box for multiple rounds. And there actually Mark are you no... can. I know. If you, if you allow for swapping loadouts like this, which is like, I mean, Battle Box is kind of inherently casual. So, like, there's no reason not to. It's fun. Because, like, I played one round where I built the most expensive warjacks that I could, which involves two ranged weapons and no melee. Mm. <laughs> so, not good, but very expensive. But it was like, I would, you know... All right, I stand corrected. Being able to swap it out, and I just tried whatever. Instead of getting locked into a bad build. Like, stuff that I thought would be good, turns out wasn't. Like, I didn't, I wasn't locked into it for five rounds. Like, yeah, those are fun, because you could try to get ridiculous... Exactly. And then be like, all right, let, let me put my sensible shoes back on. Right, exactly. Then, all right, I'm yeah. going to take a, a melee attack now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it was, it was fun. All right, great. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend that as a, as a way to introduce the game. Not necessarily, I will also say, not necessarily with those particular Warcasters. I think the actual starter set Warcasters will be much friendlier in that kind of point level. Um, because the, like the Kador one is bonkers like you got two heavies to their heavy and a light and your caster has a you know it's all arc nodes <laughs> and oh. you can take freezing grip <laughs> like, oh yeah okay it's pretty good yeah yeah so. I, I gotta say as, as a as a kador player i was very happy to see that freezing grip made its way into the new edition and in the spell rack no less yeah every yeah. caster gets it well, that's amazing yeah and I, I will say like you kind of feel it though even even at this level you could feel the restriction of the spell rack. Like it's, it's like, whoa! You can get snipe in every list. You can get arcane shield in every list. You could have, you know, um, I mean, those are the main ones. You could have jackhammer, like for for Signer, You could have jackhammer, or you could have freezing grip. You could have this. You could have that. But you can only ever take a couple, and you always want more than those couple. Gotcha. So, I, well, that's I, the way again, it should the be. one can take three. So that's another reason that she's very good. Yeah. But the, but that that's the way it should be, right? You, you exactly. should have to make impactful choices exactly All right. and so you, and and you can look at it and be like oh you have the command card that gives you blessed i guess i just won't take arcane shield so i'm gonna take something a little more interesting i'm gonna take jackhammer or something like that you know like it it it, it is not going to be my prediction is it will not be something that is just like well you always take these two spells so who cares like the rack is you know not really that relevant i think it'll be very relevant have they made clear yet what the order of like are you going to know what those command cards are before you create your rack or like oh yeah you know because they're part of your opponent's list okay Command cards are in the opponent's list so like that's that's the whole thing right like you know the warjack loadout because it's got points it's list built you know same thing with the command cards okay that sounds great yeah i think it'll be i think it'll be a lot of fun okay i think uh I think filling out army sheets is going to be... We need longer army sheets. Yeah, because you're going to like, need, like, every arm. Yeah, it's like, I have this jack, and then a new line, this head, yep. this left arm, this right arm. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can create some kind of space for... Well, So, that was... You know what? You said create some space, and I'm sorry, that just sparked no, no. a memory. You got a memory out of me. It's unusual oh, for you to interrupt me. Please go ahead. Yes, exactly. So, Charlie was there... Uh-huh. Um, Charlie Michelson, please continue. He made this thing, uh, or the laser cutter, I guess, where it was um, 
Masonite, you know, typical. And it had these little cutouts in it. And he made all these little, like, uh, square diamond-shaped things, whatever. And each one of them had every spell on the spell rack. And then he had all the heads, all the arms. And you literally put this thing down on the table. And then you put your spells that your cast was going to have in here. And then he had... I think it was all the same one. And then he had for the jack, like, it's this head with this arm and this arm. So, like, it was here. And it's like, oh, that that's what he has. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's that kind of a brain that he can uh, he can do that. I, should, I just thought it was really cool, like, to just have all your spell tokens ready to go. Like, And yeah. he had the slot for the command cards. Yeah, yeah, and then you could always pull them out and, like, right. put and it on use the them. unit. Or yes. on the model. Or yeah, when he retires from teaching, he'll do that as a side business. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's impressive. All right. Yeah, so so that was like the the idea of the event. It's just like it's a Mark IV Battle Box preview, um, and so that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, like like Artie was saying, I mean, a lot of people. It was forty people, and like I didn't recognize half of them. Really? Yeah, easily. So, so tell me about the people who were there that that you did know. Yeah, or... so so Ron and Henry were there, so that was awesome because I haven't seen them in forever, especially yeah, the, Ron. These are guys that 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 stopped playing in the middle of Mark Three. Very good players, mm-hmm. great people. Well, yeah, I I would say good players certainly in the sense that I always had fun playing them. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. They were, it was always a, a very like you know a good game that was like competitive either way, but then also just fun to play with. So a lot of people you think were coming back to the game. Oh yeah, so I think so. At the beginning, they said something like, "You know, who has never played War Machine?" There were like five or six people there who wow. had never played War Machine. I asked that question. Yeah, and and then, uh, but a lot of them had like quit in Mark Three, quit in Mark Two. You know, had walked away for you know whatever reason, and then they were coming back to see what the deal was. Because I mean, it was a good deal. It was like forty bucks for your ticket. So you the, yeah, there was. I mean, there was only one guy who I know was a returning player. If I could be so bold. Um, I like tapping. I like it. So leave me alone, you bully. You see what tapping does? Yeah, it's all right. Do you see? So they know I'm tapping. People uh, know I'm tap. I tap. Now what? What am going to do about it? Anyway, you can't have a nice conversation. You always have to antagonize. That's your problem. This is clearly my fault. I feel exactly. like guilt. Yeah, yeah. Please so, continue. I mean, I, all right. So I, I saw multiple faces that I hadn't seen in years, and there was one guy I, I was talking to, and uh, I, I I forget his name, but I know he used to play, and he, he was he was a, a semi like I would see this guy at tournaments, you know, not just like at a casual day or something like that. And I don't know why he initially left, but I know he was like, oh man, I forgot how much I love this game, mm-hmm. and uh, so love to hear stuff like yeah, that. It, yeah, it was yeah. there was so much. The returning players or people who haven't played in like three years or four or five years, they were way more excited than anybody else in the room. That's like great. the newer players. You know, if you've never played before, you're like, yeah, this game's cool, but there's only so much excitement you're gonna have because sure. it's your first experience. New experience. Yeah. yeah, and it's like a battle box, so yeah. it's, it's limited. But the guys who were returning after like whatever, they were like super stoked, and you could tell they were absolutely back in. They are absolutely one hundred percent back in. Because Mark IV was just the clean slate that they needed. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. That's outstanding. I love to hear that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Wish I could have been there. All right. Us yeah. too, Seth. <laughs> right, like the one thing I have to miss. Mm-hmm. Well, I will actually see Doug Hamilton at the WTC. Mm-hmm. So I'll mention mm-hmm. that we. Uh, we will see Doug Hamilton at the WTC. Not me. Uh, Sorry. Not Steve Rabideau. 
Uh, so I'll certainly mention that, you know. Yeah, our next podcast, I'm going to be the one who's just like, so how was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you host? Was Europe cool? You're yeah. host. <laughs> you get the host. But at least you have traveled to Europe and there'll be things that you it's can true. relate to. I suppose. I will bring I you. went to like the furthest point. The last, the last time I was in Europe was Ireland. So it's like about as, you know, as, as west as you can get almost. I will bring you back a cookie. Okay. Okay. And then you can eat it on the podcast into the microphone. I That's will. a great idea. Yeah. I will. Outstanding. So these guys who, who are returning, you said you didn't know why white why folks left. You didn't, um, I mean, but. Well, nobody it... knows exactly why people leave, you know, on an individual level. We, you know, and I don't, I didn't get into it. Did you get into it with any of them? Like as to why they stopped playing? Yeah, we talked to, we talked to a couple people. Um, and so like, kind of like you're saying, they, so some of it, sometimes it's like, you just kind of age out. Or, and by that I mean, like, you know, you hit a certain point in life, you start having kids, and, like, that tends to be a thing where it's like, well, you need a lot of attention right at that time. And then time goes by and then things dissipate. Yeah, and it's just kind of like... And, and it's funny, from my personal experience, right, when when, when uh, War Machine first hit and the NJSOB club was huge, my kids were tiny, right? And I would, mm-hmm. I'd have to walk out of a tournament middle of the day. I'd right, have to, exactly. You know, I'd have to, oh, gosh, I played my one game, I gotta go. And uh, and people were like, oh, well, what's the big deal? I'm like, I got kids. Now all those people have kids and they right. had to leave the game and now they're coming back. Right, exactly. But then, like, there is definitely another segment of the population that was called out just because, like... Nonsense? Kind of like, not, yeah. I, Didn't want to play Haley 2 again? Yeah. Or against Haley 2 again? That kind of stuff. Didn't want to play against Gatsby 2 again? Or, or you know, yeah, a lot basically. Of these, basically. I, I, you know, so, I, I actually, I did want to say one thing. In a lot of the players that I saw never played Mark Free. The ones that, you know, I hadn't seen in years, they left in Mark Two. Yeah. They actually mm-hmm. didn't leave in Mark Three. They left at like that end of Mark Two era. Well, I mean look maybe maybe a couple games of Mark Three in the beginning. But you know, we gotta call it like it is. The the addition ship Mark One to Mark Two was rough, right? Mm-hmm. Uh certainly a lot of people uh uh took off. There was a adjustment in Mark Two. We lost a lot of players and then uh Mark two to Mark three was was not a great transition either, right? Mm. So that doesn't surprise me to hear that. But you were talking about you, you, the, the Haley two. You're talking about the 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 environment to play in. Is that why you think some of these folks walked out? Yeah, that was that was definitively said by a few people. Wow, yeah, that's where interesting. Where it's like the the sort of like hyper competitive nature that tends to overtake War Machine, right? Like. As a rule set, you know, there was certainly a time period, and I would still say it's true, where, like, War Machine sort of prided itself on its tight rule set. And that was especially cast in in, in relief against, you know, other games. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a Games Workshop game. Right. Um, where it's like, oh, this is a tight rule set. You know, it's competitive. It's got, it's, it's got the stuff that you're looking for that this other game does not have. Um, well, no think- arguing with strangers. Basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to argue with strangers. And we don't have, to, we don't have to agree upon hypothetical rule situations before the game. Right, because there is an answer. Yeah. This is how the game is played. But that can that can I mean that attracts a certain kind of player. And, you know, I mentioned before that like, you know, Ron and Henry are competitive and that they're good players, but they're also very good like players to play against. Like you, you won't have yes. a bad game against them. Yes, there are plenty of competitive players that you will have bad games against. Yeah, <laughs> you will not enjoy the game. Yeah. And if you are trying to get into the game, if you're a more casual player, uh, and you run into somebody who uh, is you know always prepping for the next tournament or who like is always practicing and 
you know, you get crushed. And unfortunately, like, as as it has been, War Machine is a, has been a game that, like, you know, can take a couple hours to play. And so it, it, it pretty much always can take a couple hours. So if you're on your, you know, Thursday night game night and you get crushed by a very competitive player who's looking for practice, you know, 10 minutes into your game and there's not enough time to potentially play a second game, like, that's pretty demoralizing. And yeah. I can understand if that happens you know several weeks in a row it's like what am with I regularity yeah right but like unfortunately we all have those stories right someone who's newer to the game and then a veteran player looks at what they brought and said oh well i'm going to put down this colossal on my list because you have nothing that can kill a colossal well how's that person going to enjoy any any facet of the game right right and then yeah you know you as a competitive player you don't want to feel like you're wasting your practice time because it right. is such an investment of time right but, I mean, what are we hearing? What are we hearing in this Mark IV event? Or you guys heard in this Mark IV event? If we want our hobby to grow, if we want, you know, uh, more players, if we want more cool people to game with, start playing games for fun. Or at least, you know, even if... I know tons of competitive players, and I can tell you that the vast overwhelming majority know how to play someone and have a fun game. Mm-hmm. Right? But, I don't know, cautionary tale for everyone. Make sure your opponent's having fun. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, I, I, you know, I will not exclude myself from from culpability here. Like I, I would say that the other the other thing that sort of creeps in is the idea that even if even if you can, you know, even if you're a good player that can have fun, you know, and make sure your opponent is having fun, uh, which is not always the case with me, certainly. Um, you get into a mindset of this is how the game is played. The game is played at seventy five points. The game is played with scenario. And sometimes even, perhaps the most egregious, the game is played on a clock. Mm. And, like, plopping down a clock when somebody is learning the game is a guaranteed negative experience. Like, yes. there, is, there is no way that that goes well for, the, for that person. Yes. And no matter what you say, you can say, like, oh, well, it's just for me. Like, you don't worry about it. It's not, that is not how it gets perceived. Like, it's never, that's never good. Um, and, I you mean, know, I a couple you players... Can... Told Wait. me like a horror story about like you know that's like the battle box game they get a clock dropped on them. It's like, oh gosh, that never goes well. That's that's a good way to get somebody out of the game. And so like you know at at Maplewood we play seventy five points. We yes. play with scenario. Yes, and that's just how we do it. Yep, you know and clock. And well, not we, always. We don't not really always. play on clock. Not always. We, at no. tournaments, sure, but like we don't we don't typically play on no, clock. No, no, no. Sundays like yeah, we usually just but, go through it. That's kind of got me thinking about how, you know, for these returning players, Mark IV can be kind of a clean slate. Because first off, like, you know, they're culling the model line a little bit for competitive play, which that's actually its own little thing there that's worth thinking about is like, should we just play Prime? Probably not, because there's going to be players that want to play Unlimited. Um, But uh, it's also a clean slate for us as like event organizers, as veterans to maybe try something out. Maybe we can recast this culture that we have that right now is very much set in its ways. Like, I, I, I'll be honest, I have no interest in playing a non-75-point game. And that's mainly because, like, I'm not thinking about prepping for the next tournament. It's mainly because, like, well, I want to put all my toys on the table. Right. So, like, that's that's one thing. So it's yeah. like the size of a game that you're just comfortable with. Exactly. Like, I'm just comfortable with this. It feels very odd to me to play, like, right. lower points games. And, like, when I do it, it immediately feels like... And no, I, I had the same real. I had the opposite wish. I, I've always wanted to play, I guess, a 125-point game because I've always uh-huh. wanted to play with two casters. Yeah. I just once, just once. I've been playing the game for like a dozen years. Just yeah. once I want to play a game with two casters. And like, you and I, like, like 
just admit my initial reaction is like, I just have no interest in that because it's not 75 points. It's not like a quote-unquote real game, right. which is not a healthy mentality no. overall, I think. It's I just think like how much fun it so could be. So narrowly categorized. So how do we game. change it? How do we... Change uh, is too strong board. How do we broaden our view at the game club level? Well, I, I think... I, I should. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Arthur. I think we got to do it the old-fashioned way. Muscle. We're going to beat people up if we don't like what they're doing? get to the gym, guys. Give them a couple of fat-cheem slaps. No. Um, (laughs) You almost have to reverse bully. This should be very popular with the younger generation right now. Um, I had to throw that in there just because it's irritating. Please continue. (laughs) So, like, I understand what Steve was saying as to why some of these people left, and and I'm not challenging that in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, I can't help but believe that people got tired of playing against the same X number of lists. So, mm-hmm. especially the people who left in Mark II, because Mark II was very dominant yes. by a very small number of casters. Yes, it, well, I, I remember it being, it was like the same list swapped the caster, and then it became or the same caster swapped, swapped the list. list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like we, was, we had a lot of years of those two uh, yeah, I have an episode idea, so, by the way. We should go through like just like meta analysis. It would be so cool to talk about a meta timeline of like who was dominant. You gotta remember. You gotta remember them. I know. We gotta talk about it ahead of time. But, when, but anyway, when, I just when, wanted to put like, that out there. I, I think. A, so here, here's the thing. Yes, the game is competitive, and, and frankly, we know a lot. We're friendly with a lot of the highest level competitive players, and I actually think. Um, and I don't care. They're all friends of mine anyway, so F them. They're poisonous to the game. Yeah, I know, right? How did I get there? Yeah, I see the look on your face. It's priceless. <laughs> the reason why they're poisonous... Your, your intellect is truly dizzying, sir. Please I continue. <laughs> they're, they're poisonous because when you talk to them or they, whatever, they tell you like, oh, well, you have to play really this or you need this or you need to have an answer for this because if this comes along and so even their choices now are like very limited like if you would just have a discussion like oh I'm going to play an event this week oh well you know if it's circle you know you gotta you gotta expect Silvestro and you gotta expect Lucas and you know there's gonna be two trains and oh and if it's circle you know it's gonna be like Wormwood and you know it's gonna be Kruger and I'm tapping on the table again is that bothering you probably and <clears throat> so what and that's the exact same trap or problem that I think impacted a lot of those guys who left the game because they're like, oh, I have to play Haley, or I have to play against Haley, or I have to play Lich, or I have to play against Lich, or I have mm. to play, wasn't it Denny, a two for a while that was running around mm. that ridiculous theme list, and then the like elemental evolution list was mm. like, I'm not. So these things are just like, well, that's not fun for me, so I don't want to play, and I start to dislike the game, so I just go elsewhere. And meanwhile, you have the other people, like every game needs to be a tournament level game even if it's Tuesday evening mm-hmm. at the game store and yeah. nobody has fun with it and then hang on I'm, I'm sorry it's slightly compounded by theme lists because theme lists take away all the freedom of being creative mm-hmm. and like so in the year right now is 2022 right I'm not wrong okay good and for another few months there's one game that I remember one I've been playing the game since I want to say 2010. I only remember ever playing one game in Mark II. And it was, I don't know against who. And he was playing like Nemo that had some gun that like freezes jacks so that they can't really move. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Nemo no, 1, Nemo, Nemo two. 2. One of them has a gun, one has a spell. It Nemo doesn't one. matter. 
And in general, what, what I'll tell you is the remember from memory, the variety of casters I used to see at Mark II events in those earlier days of Mark II was huge as compared to what I see now. Now it's like if it's this faction is going to be one of these three, four casters at most. Like that's the window. Mm-hmm. There's 13 casters, but it's going to be one of these four or two of these four rather in the pairing. And back then I used to see the craziest crap. And I remember the game I was playing Karchev. And he kept shooting like Karchev because Karchev used to tow the other Jacks, yes, I you remember. remember? I remember. Okay. And he was like blocking or like turning this three jack brick into an actual brick that couldn't move. <laughs> you know, and, was, and then I, I finally just kept being able to inch up like that one inch or two inches at a time. And then finally I was able to trample with Karchev and I, and I killed him. I was like, oh man, that was such a great game. I didn't, I didn't see that. I forgot because Karchev had, he's a jack, but not a jack, you know, those type of rules. So he was able to trample and like, that's the game I remember. And it was a nothing game. It was at a tournament, I guess on a Saturday or something like that. But I remember that game mm-hmm. because I don't, that might be the only Nemo game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Knows, I, I don't know if I've ever played against Nemo otherwise. And, um, I, I do think that people just got tired of seeing certain lists and I, I think my advice going forward is because I know that was part of what you were saying too is if you want this game to be successful especially in this new environment of Mark IV although you don't alienate anybody obviously but you have a talking to if necessary because you could take the highest tier players like the top 10 in the country and they don't care as much like they'll be like oh yeah I'll put together something fun mm-hmm. but then you have the tryhards and uh sorry if you are a tryhard and you're listening to this but don't be that guy don't be that guy who has to say oh I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this I'm gonna take this like learn to have some fun and unfortunately you don't have as much freedom with, with selection and, and I really shouldn't maybe say that because I don't really know the, the full breadth of scope of what each individual army is going mm-hmm. to be yeah, we'll going forward. I, I'm basing that on current themes. Um, but but maybe as a TO or as someone who is looking to a community leader type, maybe you need to have that conversation with the veterans. Like, hey, you know, it's, it's not the World Series. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like, have fun. Play someone ridiculous. You know, to put it in modern terms, I, I don't know. Play, play Darius. Well, especially now, I know this is going to sound a lot, but now that there are online options where, you know, hey, I want to play this super competitive game. I've really got to tighten up my game. I'm going to call really great competitive player X and have them meet me online at War Table. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I can, play on War Table. Yeah, and I, and I got, uh, you know, the, the three guys who are coming back to the game or are new to the game, and we can just play fun, fun games on a, on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Maplewood, right? Yep. That's certainly an option if you are preparing for something. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's certainly true. Yeah. Now, you've been trying to get a word in edgewise here. No, what no, no, you, no. I was happy to let, let Arthur go on because I, I agree with him in general, I would say. Like, I don't know if I would say that, that competitive players are, especially the ones we know, are poisonous. Poisonous, game, yeah. But, but no, hey, that's no, Arthur. The he's highest... got to make, he's gotta make the big claim so I can just kind of stand back and the piss highest... all the flag. Hang on, hang on. Just, just don't so try to get... back me in a corner here, Not Arthur. At all. Just so you guys understand. I will weasel. Just a little history for you guys and, and all the audience. Wendy's used to sell single hamburgers. And at the same time that they sold single hamburgers, there was a double burger on the menu. And nobody would buy a double burger. This was 1960-something. And a double burger was considered gluttonous. So people would just buy a single. 
and everybody was trying to figure out how to sell more doubles. So do you know what Dave did? Because Dave is an absolute genius, and I can get into him longer, but I'm not going to. Did he stop playing 75-point games? No. Oh. He invented the triple. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he invented the triple. And then you know what happened? The average person would walk in, see the single, the double, and the triple, and say, oh, well, the triple's too much. I think I'll be right in the middle at the double. And he increased the sales of double burgers by over 200 and something percent. That's amazing. That's yeah, a great he, story. He could barely sell. He was barely selling a double until he made the triple. So me, I come out swinging hard, and then I'll back off and, and we'll fall in the middle. But I might as well go the full. <laughs> okay, I got okay. it. I go full so, my way. So gotcha. poisonous players, the triple. Poisonous players are a triple, sure. And then Mr. Rabideau there is falling in at the double. He's trying to fall in at the I'm double. I'm a double burger. Look, we, we know the type of person I'm talking about yes and we've all met and, you know, yeah, like, no, look, these, I, these, I will yeah. call out a name but it'll be for a good thing um no i'm not even gonna do that good um no i was going but i'm not going because Excellent. because i don't even know if it's 100 percent true I, I believe sure. it's true but i will simply say that the the people who like wtc level players some of them i, I can't say all of them are totally willing to lose a thousand games because they don't necessarily care they'll just have fun with the game they truly love the game those are like the best type of players. It's like same thing in football, right? You just want the guy who wants to play. Mm-hmm. Winning and losing is irrelevant. He just wants to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have the people who feel that they need to win. And what I'm simply saying is try to have a conversation with those type of people so that you don't beat the hell out of the new guys. And then furthermore, let's not be repetitive. Like, so... So the Cato caster, right? Mm-hmm. Cato Battlebox caster. Let's assume she becomes the broken caster of Mark IV. And it's an assumption. So this is just hypothetical. Maybe you start having a conversation like, let's not play her. Mm-hmm. Put her away. Put her away. Yeah, nothing was more disheartening for me than being at Captain Con. I think it was still Temple Con at the time. Playing in the team event and playing against a guy with Haley too. And the game's over and I did my usual, okay, could I have done something different? And he's like, there is no universe in which you win against Haley 2 mm-hmm. with whatever faction you're playing. And he was really kind about it. He wasn't like rubbing my face in it. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Look, just these are the th-. And I was like, that that is awful. That is awful. Right. So that just right. makes you like take your whole faction, throw it out. Because yeah. there's, no, there's nowhere to improve. Yeah. You cannot improve right. enough to solve this problem. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. I, think, exactly I think it, it is very important, especially if, if somebody asks or... Maybe if they don't ask, but that's got to be a real, like, real clever judgment call. Like, if somebody asks, like, oh, is there anything I could have done? The answer should always be yes. Like, almost certainly, like, unless, like, you both are laughing at how bad their dice were, right? Where it's right. just like, well, you made all the right choices. I guess get different dice. Like, that's different. But the answer should always be yes. Because, no. like, you don't want to, you don't have to win in every universe. Right, which is yes. a thing that always bothers me. Now, I'll tell you what, and I know that everyone says this, I'm not saying anything shocking or new here, but when there were press gangers, we had less of this issue because it was the press gangers' responsibility mm-hmm. to pull someone aside and say, look, you are making the game unfun for too many guys in the club, and we want you to be here and play this game. Yeah, that's true. What's and, his name used to do that? Yeah, all of them used to do it. Everyone I've ever met used to do it in, in the mm-hmm. NJSOB club. And I'll tell you that one time there was one guy who literally ran to the store owner and said, I feel unwelcome here. And the store owner was like, hey, what are you doing? And the press ganger was like, look, this is what's been going on. You want to pick your one guy or do you want to pick the club? Because that's what you're getting down to. Mm-hmm. And 
we well we want this person to come and play and be part of the club we just want them to not alienate other people or intentionally do things to mm-hmm. make things unfun for other people and you know that's the way that one went there's there's a lot of people who have been in especially on the retail side who have actually done a lot of studying and and information gathering and and whatnot a lot of people will tell you the competitive player is toxic they're the worst ones to cater to just run right back to the triple burger why don't you yeah i did okay you want that triple we're going to dinner after this but it's true it's true (laughs) i want a burger (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to wendy's (laughs) uh, the, the most competitive players will do the most complaining as this is very broad statements, and this applies to all games, gotcha. not just this. Right, right, right. And it is dangerous to cater to them because you cater to the 10%, you lose the 90 Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so maybe going forward, this game needs to have a slightly more casual aspect to it because this game has always been kind of geared towards com- competition, right? Sure. The rule, because the rules are so great. Mm-hmm. Right and clear. That's really the right word, mm-hmm. and, and easy to comprehend. And, and there's really almost no situation that can come up in the game. Almost no. That's not covered in the rule book. Um, it, it 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 eliminates that whole negative aspect that other games have had, especially in the past. Yeah, which which is a benefit to more casual play. Right, and but Certainly. so this game is promoted though as a tournament game. Right, it was promoted, and at least from my introduction of it, it was promoted as a tournament game that you don't have to worry about getting into an argument with a stranger mm-hmm. because every rule is covered. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, I I am the 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 classic Mark One player. Came over from forty k, disillusioned, tired, wanted to play uh, a, a game competitively, and. You know, without disparaging uh, 40k or 40k players. Yeah, I, 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 no, no. Look, I get why people love that game. It's not what I'm trying to say. I love that game. I played it last night. Great. Um, what I'm trying to say is that yeah. So the game was kind of founded on this idea that we're not going to argue with the stranger. We're going to play this game, and we can really find out if you played great today, or if you just got lucky, or did you play great today, or did that person just have the power creep army, right? That stuff happened in Mark One, and I think that that kind of drove a lot of that early stuff uh, earlier on, and that's partially what brings us to where we are today, in in a sense, right, after mm-hmm. a fashion. So, um, Yeah, I, I think organizationally, like what we're going to do, uh, what our plan is anyway, moving into Mark Four, is probably distance ourselves from tournaments in the sense that maybe we try to do a tournament once a quarter. So we have four, like, you know, four or five or something like that. I mean, I know what quarters are, but we'll see how we divide it. (laughs) Uh, We'll do, like, four or five tournaments a year, like, tournaments specifically. But, like, monthly, we'll do game days. And because there is absolutely value, even as, like, an aspiring player, like, I remember losing all my tournament games and being happy I went because I paid my $10 and I got to play four games. Right. You know, as opposed to like, well, I get one game in every week. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. sweet. I get to go and I get to play games all day. That's cool. Sure. So we go to like game days, we do random matchups, and, you know, there is still a buy in because you want to support the store. And there's still a prize support. And there'd be some kind of prize support, but it would all be like a raffle prize. It would be paints. It would be, yeah. you know, like it would, it was, or store credit, but like, you know, it would be, it's, it's, we diffuse. don't need to declare a winner after a game day to set, make sure that everyone had a good time. Exactly. And I'll tell you the truth. You know, we talked about this idea. And we uh, do it at like 50, 7,500 yeah. point levels. Like we and, change up the point level. And we don't know if this is going to land, right? We don't know if this is going to be a big, huge splash. We don't know if this is going to work. But we do know 
that if we change nothing, all that changes is nothing. Right. So I think this is a, a good way to move forward talking about Mark IV. Now, I'll tell you something else. I've said this before, and everyone disagrees with me. Mark IV, and I'm going to borrow from you, Arthur, just a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, because you crystallized for me in our, our little pre-show discussion, things that I was thinking about. Mark IV is a new game. 100%. It is a new game. <clears throat> and I think that because it is a new game, I think that the it's going to open up opportunities for lots of people to be really good at the game. Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, because right now we have the, the cream of the crop elite, right, that we know are great at the game, mm-hmm. and everyone else who knocks on the door of greatness and other people who have really great days, and some people are like, I am never going to place in the top half of a tournament, right? I think this new game is going to give us lots of people an opportunity to be really good at the game more often. Um, and I, and I, yes, I know that there are people who are just really amazing at rules and people who are really amazing at miniature games and will always do well at those games. I just see a lot of opportunity here. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think Mark IV is an opportunity in many ways. Yes, opportunity. So speaking of Mark IV and opportunities, you know, we've been discussing Mark IV, the whole cast. So why don't we move into a little judge's corner? Was there anything, I know the rules are beta, Beta judges corner. Beta judges judges corner. They're beta rules, uh, but there are certainly lots of little questions. Did anything get uh, elucidated, cleared up, etc., while playing in this battle box event? Not no. I'm going to go with well. Okay, yes and no. I I will say this is where Steve and I argue. Yes, it's it's important. I think it's important to recognize, like, although I don't really know. But it's important to recognize who like the game devs are. So this like, judge's corner is sponsored by the <laughs> by the instigation of Artie. <laughs> it's important. To, it's we important can say to the recognize, whole podcast is sponsored by the instigation. It's important of Artie. to recognize who the game's devs are and stuff like that. So like, I don't think Doug Hamilton, for example, would take offense if I say maybe don't go to him with rules questions. He knows he, was, he knows how to play the game. He knows how to play the game, but like. You know he's not he's not the one who's like really thinking about the you know thinking about these like specific wording so, like specific stuff. I, I got a so sidebar. Like, I got a sidebar. And, and I think also I think I think that's similar. Like we had a discussion about a rule that we were, we are about to talk about uh, in front of Matt Wilson, and I, I turned and looked at him and I was like, "Is this is this what you imagine people arguing about movement versus normal movement when you invented this game?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> which like that's fair. I think he is. I think he's much more of a like a like cool art, cool concept kind of guy like uh, or you know i don't that was my brief interaction so i have a brief like idea about like who he is as a person right so gotcha i i, I think that's that you know you got to be mindful of who the devs are so like if you're going to go out and like ask people rules questions and like try and like be like oh what's going on what's going on ask the right people yeah, so fair enough. so this is where I, I yeah so who that is i don't actually know off the top of my head but whatever so truth be told for reasons i didn't play that day but what I did do is hang around. And then as a consequence of hanging around, I ended up answering God knows how many rules questions. Just think about that. Let that stew for a minute. Arthur I, Continelli, Mark IV judge. I was... Heard it here first. Head judge. Yeah, I was telling first people... First Mark IV head judge. ...how to play the rules. Anyway, That's how many new players there were. That's how many new players. It was great. It was a great event. Um, Arthur's graduating. But, but, yeah, Doug, people asked... Would, there was one table in particular. Both guys were new, and then, you know they're great guys. But Doug was literally standing over that table. But he does not know every rule. Nor I don't know if anybody on earth knows every, <laughs> every Very rule. Very few people do. Let's say that. Yeah. Zeth does. 
Almost. That's why he's head judge at the WTC. No, no, I have a book, and the book knows. <laughs> and I know how to read the book. All right, so Judge's Corner is... Speaking of, yeah, speaking uh, of reading the book. So this is one of those things where I think this is a great Judge's Corner because I think this will happen more than once, and I really think there's a valuable lesson to be learned from said Judge's Corner. So with that, though, I'm going to let Steve take the lead. That was way too much intro. Please continue. It's perfect. It was a perfect amount of intro. Thank I'm you. with you, Perfect Marty. phone call? Yeah. All right, so the question, this came up in game one because I was playing Signar and the Signar battle box caster, Major Anson Wolf, has Energizer. So Energizer is you pay two focus and your whole battle group gets to move two inches or advance two inches. See? Yeah. See, you so just did it. Right there is a critical yeah. component. You just um, did it. <laughs> and this was relevant because I was playing all ranged attacks except for my caster. Important is when I get engaged... I want to Energizer out of engagement because in Mark IV there's no free strikes, so there's actually no there's no like consequence to doing. That. Well, there is a consequence to leaving. So, okay, so we'll on base to base. We'll, we'll talk yes. about this, right? right so, well, the so point. the rule question was: Oh, do I lose my combat action because I have moved out of melee oh, range? No, melee range. Sure. Of, of an enemy model because I'm I'm like, uh oh, I got to shoot my guns. I don't want to shoot them in melee, which you can. Because of dual attack, which lets you do, which lets you make, you know, all your attacks, and you can now shoot in melee only against the target that you're in, unless you also have gunfighter. But anyway, is that how it works? Usually, yeah, it, that's backwards from the way it is now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mark four rules. Mark four. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah. So the question is, do I lose my combat action because I energizers out, energizered out? See, now some people would say, oh, you moved out of combat, and in the rules say that if you move out of combat, you lose your combat action, which is. A very like uh, that's an easy thing to say to a person, right? It's like, oh, if very you easy. if you take a you know if you get into melee and then you leave melee, you just, you lose your combat action. Yeah, because that's kind of a that's like a very easy understanding of the rules. Yes, but it's wrong. But it's wrong. It's wrong because the rule is dis when you disengage. Uh, let me actually pull it up real fast. I should have done this a Dirty. second ago. Dirty. Have the have the awkward silence. It's not even that awkward. You don't think I can fill this shit with some taps, some crackles, some pops? And you don't think that's less awkward? No, that's more fun. Because it's, especially it's if you get upset about it. It's more fun for you. And it's the more, audience. You no, don't seem to get the no, concept. They you get, don't get it. They no. love it. They love the, the bullshit that you and I do better. All right, I got it. I got it. Please talk. All right, so disengaging. A model that advances out of one or more non-incorporeal enemy models' melee ranges during its normal movement must forfeit its combat action that activation normal uh, movement. capital n capital m normal, normal movement. movement so so normal movement is like a specific thing time. during Just, your activation yeah so it's it like during your activation you do your normal movement and then you have your combat action so if you advance during your normal movement or like you charge or you know all, all these other things although you can't charge if you start in combat that's like the thing um but if you charge through melee range, if you like, if you advance as part of your normal movement, then you lose your combat action for that activation. So if I energizer with my warcaster and my warjack walks two inches, advances two inches out of your melee range, that does not forfeit my combat no, action. No, because then the warjack will activate, and when he activates, he's not in. Right. Exactly. And you know, it's funny or ironic. This is. It, New edition, same issues with players, right? Well, and this came up multiple times over the sure. course of the day. Multiple. Mm -hmm. Sure. And 
because people are operating from the okay. I heard if I leave combat, I've lost my attack. Instead right. of reading the rule so the, yeah. that says. So the lesson right? learned here is, yeah, talking to people is nice, but reading the rules read is the absolute. Rules. I mean, That's right. Read books, people. How many? T- don't talk to your friends. Damn it. And I'm, I'm read happy, books. And I'm happy to do this, so don't get me wrong. But when I walk over the table and they have a rules question, it's well, what does your card say? Mm-hmm. And then they'll read it out loud and they go, oh. You know, and I'm happy to help people. You know, point I've out where it. those rules are, etc. But read the rules, and sometimes you can read rules and not really understand what they say. I'm famous mm-hmm. for that as a player. So, but it, it's true. You read the rules, that helps you a whole lot. Yep. So, like the, of course, you know, we're in a beta rules environment, right? So, like the question is, oh, like should it be that way? It's like, well, that's not really a judge's corner topic, or that is not for a judge to decide. Right. Judge does not decide. Should right. it be that way? Judge decides, like, what does the rule say? What does the rule say? And then, then they interpret. Right. All right. So that was our mark first mark for judges corner, I guess. Right. We'll, we'll something like that. We'll delve more into that once we get into the new year and we do more of that right. stuff. Which I believe is what Mark Four actually released. Yes. Uh, certainly after Warfare Weekend. We're actually. Uh... For New Year's Eve or whatever next year, the first podcast of next year, even though it's a ways off, but I had to make a lot of plans. We're actually broadcasting somewhere really special. Where's that? The Inside p- the ball. No, we're actually going to broadcast from the pit. That uh, what the hell's his name? Who's the Tesla guy? Elon Musk. Yes, the pit that he's uh, digging in LA. Okay. Yeah, because right. that's going to be the start of the new super tunnel oh, that he oh. believes he's going to create to go across the country. Okay. Outstanding. Okay. All right. Well, I got a pyramid. All right. Permit. So, uh, closing thoughts, please. Mr. Rabideau, anything for closing thoughts? Well, we're up to closing thoughts already? Yeah, unless you... Apparently. All right. Uh, How about we let Arthur do his uh, quote-unquote closing thought real quick? I don't know what my closing thought is. Other than why I started with you. Other than that Mm -hmm. you're prejudiced and that you don't appreciate the fact that as an Italian I have to talk with my hands and since we're sitting down it's going to tap the table every so often and then you're going to make that face. Closing thoughts, Mr. Rabideau. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I think Mark IV is pretty cool. I, I agree that it is a, it is kind of a new game. And, uh, I think, I think people's expectations on what that means basically has to shift. Like it's not Mark III. It's a, it's a new game. Right. So it's got new, new rules, new, new expectations, new meta, new, uh, new way to play. Okay. So the next time we will be. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just said you didn't. What about my close? You don't even ask. You just said. You don't even ask. I totally asked you. You didn't. You asked then. This is now. This is now. I have a closing Mr. thought. Mr. Continelli, do you have a closing thought to share? Yeah, I'm going to repeat what he said. This is a new game, which is really what I said much earlier. It's true. We all stole it. He has not said it yet. <laughs> it's true. So now I officially said it. Which but, is why I'm not criticizing what I, that you're what saying I, it. But what I'm trying to emphasize that this is a new game is I don't want people to believe that this is a continuation of the existing game. That this really is a brand new game. And I know that there is allowances for people to play with their older models but what i will say is they will very quickly find themselves excluded even though they're included in the sense that it'd be like it's actually not a perfect analogy but it would be like if i limited you seth to only building a list with mark one models and i'm building my list with mark three and down no that's a good analogy i i I think that's accurate yeah so like the fact that they say, oh, you can still have this. Yeah, okay. So, But it, this is a new game. I know people need to approach this as, um, you're not a Kador player anymore. There is no more, mm-hmm. K- there is no more Kador. You're not a Signar player. There is no more Signar. 
You're not in anything. You are someone who has experienced this rule set and you're playing a new game. So I guess it would almost be like if you only played War Machine and then they turned around one day and they said, we're canceling War Machine. War Machine's over. Here is our new game. It's called The Hordes. And you thought that you were going to be playing the same game. No, you're playing a new game. And, and even if they allowed some allowances for some of the War Machine models into Hordes, you're not playing War Machine anymore. It's over. Mark Three is over. War Machine as you know it is over. Mark Four is brand new. Okay. All right, I got Judge, you. Judge, if I might offer a response. Please. <laughs> I uh, say we keep doing this until he's so fucking hungry that he literally starts chewing on the table. All right, I'm in. Excellent. So, all right, so so my my I, I do agree that I think it's it's a new game and yeah, hundred percent. People's expectations gotta shift. Like they you, should shift. You can't you can't expect everything to remain the same. It's um, not it's not even close. Yeah, uh, but I will say that part of a, a potential solution to what you're describing is because like a lot of what you're describing is about competitive play, where like you will not be able to compete in the future. Like, just by sort of by definition, like you will not be able to compete. Uh, power creep is just an inevitability. Just, and I know, I know for a fact that like Lauren is, you know, they're looking at the the rules and they're doing their best to figure out, like, a, you know, all the devs looking at the rules, doing their best to balance the prime armies, so Legacy and Mark IV included. But if you only focus on competitive stuff, yeah, the the Mark III stuff is inevitably going to be left behind. So I think it is all the more important over the next like couple years, especially when like unlimited and legacy, you know, unlimited format becomes more viable as like more models get rules for Mark III, um, and as like more Mark IV stuff is released, uh, to not just focus on competitive play and instead also focus on like, well, we got a bunch like because the reality is we got a bunch of people with a bunch of models already, right? And we want people who are coming back to Mark IV to also be like, hey. If you want to bring out your stuff that is still like that you have rules for, you know, just bring it along. We'll we'll play a game. You can you can do your throwback game. You know, we might actually have to have like um, it'll be more player uh, based than like official quote unquote. Oh, hundred um, percent. But we might actually have to like because you, you're right. Like, there's gonna be that guy who goes, you know, I was in my closet and I I found this old shoebox with these Doom Reavers in it. And so they might have to make, like, someone might have to come up with a way to make sure that the game is playable, not in an army force. To just say, like, oh, you have Kador, the nation of Kador models. Yeah, it'd be, um, good. So, it'd be good if they did some kind of... Like an unlimited type... Oh, unlimited format, I already used that word. Custom army. One that you could, uh, well, I don't know. But anyway, custom army. Does that sound like a good idea, Artie? It, it's, it's not bad. It's not, not bad. bad. All right. All right. Well, we'll continue this next time where we will actually be recording from the basement where Tommy got capped. That that in, sounds in Goodfellas. That sounds okay. outstanding. So, it's my uh, aunt's house in Brooklyn. Okay. So the next time we are recording, it is so we've got the WTC. Arthur and I are going to be there in Belgium next all of next week, and then there for the WTC. And then when we return, we will have a recap of the WTC, and Brad Park will be joining us for that uh, that recording. Mm-hmm. So, no, he always has to sit on my lap. I don't know what's going on. With that. Well, that's right. Well, he, he he'll be far away. We'll be doing that remotely with him. Okay. All right. He insists he have the laptop on his lap. It's odd. <laughs> he always says, "Let me sit on your lap. We'll talk about whatever pops up." <laughs> 
All right. So until then, this is Seth Cohen saying, the difference between a good game and a great game 